In Italy, the Sanremo Festival is the most important music contest. The artists can promote themselves, the composers get a chance to get a hit, and the audience loves it. It has launched careers for world-famous artists like Andrea Bocelli, Eros Ramazzotti, and Laura Pausini, to name a few. And of course, today's guest, Mattia Bazar. They have not gone down in the history of being a success in Eurovision, but they were the first act ever to not use the orchestra at all and only rely on backing tracks. Something that exactly 20 years later would become a case for every entry since. Why did they choose to compete like that? What are the memories from Jerusalem? And what has happened since for the successful group Mattia Bazaar? You are listening to Eurovision Legends with your ragazzo preferito, Emil Löfström. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Fabio Perversi from the new formation of Mattia Bazar and Piero Casano from the original formation of the band Mattia Bazar. Ciao Emil! Ciao Emil! Grazie! Grazie! In my heart, I am always, always a Mattia Bazar. But now Mattia Bazar is Fabio Perversi! And with us, we also have my great friend and interpreter, Maria Alexandra. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Maria. Ciao, Maria. Ciao, Maria. (laughs) I'm so thankful that you wish to help me again. Last time was when Ricardo Fogli guested the podcast. Yes. A very nice (laughs) interview. First of all, congratulations for the Italian victory in this year's contest. Moneskin is a perfect group and they are very, very talented and good. Emil, I am in difficult uh, in this moment because I don't know if speaking English or Italian, but I prefer Italian language. Yeah, and that's okay, Piero. So, Two years ago, 18 of April, the Monoskin was participating in X Factor. They were competing in the Italian X Factor. And he said in that moment that two years ago that Monoskin is the only group that can ever win something in the future in on an international level. And if you go to his Facebook, then you see a photo where he is actually writing this two years ago. Oh, great. I know you, Maria, are a big fan of the band Moneskin. And Fabio and Piero, do you have any personal relations to the band Moneskin? Fabio doesn't know Moneskin personally, but he also agrees with the opinion with Piero that Moneskin is the only Italian band that really deserves all the success that they are having, and uh, they really like them. Piero, you are the original member of the group. 
who started in 1975 and then left it in 1981. And then in 1999, you rejoined the band until 2017. See, you have to know that living in a band is not always um, so easy. Different choices in your life have also influence on your decisions to leave or not. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And you, Fabio, joined the band in 1998 and has been a member since. And I will continue to be part of this great band for many, many years ahead. That has been a great su success for the last 46 years. Piero, shall we take a short version of how everything came about in 1975 after the split of the band Yet? They had difficulties to agree what kind of music and what they wanted to do together. And yet was created by me and Aldo Stelita, together with other persons, uh, with other musicians. When we had a moment of difficulties to create the music that we liked the most, uh, we had the luck to meet Carlo Marale that entered in the group and slowly, slowly Antonella Ruggiero and the drummer Giancarlo Golsi completed the group and we created the first version of Mattia Bazar. And with them we had many great success. And the debut single for Mattia Bazar was Stasera Che Sera. This song, with the years, it was a great success, not only in Italy, but also outside of Italy abroad. And this song has eventually became like a symbol for Mattia Bassa. In 1977, you took part in the Sanremo Festival with the song Ma Perché? Before the festival of 1977, they had also very important songs that were played a lot on the Italian radio. But 77, they participated with Ma Perché in Sanremo. not the first time you competed there, Piero. Do you remember your first participation in the Sanremo Festival? He remembers that so well, but it was not with Mattia Bassar, it was with the group Yet. 
and it was the year was Another million was sold, so it was more than three million sold of the song Solo 2. And it was absolutely amazing having that success. You took part in the Sanremo Festival again, and this time the outcome was quite good. You won over Anoxa with four points, and the song was Edirzi Ciao. Nowadays, it is reasonably simple. The winner of the Sanremo Festival gets first refusal to go to Eurovision. But in those days, it was a little um, less defined. How was it decided that you would be the Italian participants in this Eurovision Song Contest the year after in Jerusalem? Uh, it was a decision by made by Rai. Uh, they win in '78 uh, and '79. They send them to Jerusalem to Eurovision. The song you competed with was Radio di Luna, which was written by all members in the group. Was this the only song you had in mind for this project, or did you choose from several songs? No, quando they had a general meeting in the in the band, and they decided that uh, Radio di Luna had a very special rhythm that uh, was different than than others. And Ariston, their record company, with a meeting with them, they decided that this was the best song to to compete with. Se a volte ti sembro bugiardo, non sai, c'è un mondo sincero che non mente mai quando un raggio di luna tra il cielo e le stelle si accorge di me. Soffio di vento fa perdere il tempo la fretta che ha Quando un raggio di luna cancello di ombra di Fabio, you were nine years old in 1979. Did you watch the contest? His family is musicians, so music was always a great part of his life. They always watched the Festival of Sanremo every year, 
just specific that contest, he cannot say that he remembers to watch, but he's sure that he has watched it. Ah, oh, that explains why you're so multi-talented in playing instruments. Amy, ti ringrazio veramente tanto. I have a great passion for music and uh, for different instruments and also as a when I arrange different shows this is what I love to do. Piero, what are your memories from Jerusalem? <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind uh, from Jerusalem was that we were so sure about Radio di, di Luna, about our performance, that we didn't want any orchestra to play with us. But if you listen to the song today, then you hear that the song is very empty. You can feel the lack of the instrument. Yeah, and you were actually the first participant ever to only use backing tracks. And I guess this was a big thing then. What were the reactions? The record company was didn't agree with us when we wanted to do without the orchestra. But we were very convincing. So they um, let us perform the, the song without the orchestra. But even though we ended up as 15 on the... 15. Yeah, 15th place. Yeah, 15th place. We were actually happy because we put the first stone for what happens today, that there is no orchestra. A funny nerd fact is that exactly 20 years after your performances, the orchestra disappeared from the contest. What's your opinion about that? Right now, the scenographic uh, for each and every song is much more important. It's much more bigger than it was before. So every singer can have his ballet or dancers or also that the artists are in focus now, not only the orchestra. Hmm. Well, I asked since the Sarima Festival is based, is it still based on the orchestra? Yeah, it's true. It's also based on 60 years of tradition, on the Italian uh, songs, how we performed the songs, also with electronic instruments and uh, instrumental instruments. And we don't put so much focus to the show as for the song itself. Out of 19 songs, you ended in a 15th place, as you said here before, and gave Italy their second worst result since the debut in the contest 1956. What was that like, Piero? As a group, Mattia Bassar, we have always gone against the rules, you can say. So when we ended up in the 15th place, we read the, the result backwards. 19, 18, 17, 16, and then 15. So we ended up in 5th place, not in 15. Great, congratulations. Congratulazioni, perfetto. Israel won with the song Hallelujah. Spain came second with the help of a choir of children. And France got third place with the winner from 1973, Anne-Marie David.
About the top three? See, uh, well, <laughs> so our thoughts about this were in Spain in the year 78, 79, uh, we had great success. So we had already friends there, so we didn't, we felt that they deserved to be in, in that position. In France, we sold 1.2 million copies of Solo 2. So we had, had also had great success in France. Israel has the most beautiful women in the world. So when they were competing, we were all rooting for her to win. <laughs> Do you remember anything specific that happened behind the scenes in Jerusalem that you can share with us? Emil. Yes, actually I do. Every one of us was very excited. No one was calm. Aldo, he wanted to be alone. Giancarlo wanted to be alone. And Antonella was very concentrated. And I had only one thought that I didn't understand how we could go on the straight stage from where we were. In that moment, I had to go to the toilet. You know? To PP. But we were behind the scene, ready to enter the stage. I think that in that exact moment we were called on stage, I had to go to the toilet. There was no time for the toilet, so when we performed the song, you can see... I was almost bending over because of the urge to go to the toilet. And now, Emil, as you can see, Piero is showing us by standing up and showing us how, the, how he really needed to pee okay. on the stage yeah, yeah, yeah. when he was on yeah, the stage. <laughs> Albano and Ricardo Folli, who have been guests in this podcast before, have witnessed that they had extremely little support from the Italian television company Rai. What was it like for you? Exactly, and also we felt uh, like them. Uh, also in 79, the interest in Italy for international music was very poorly, and uh, Rai and everyone else, they thought that the Italian music was enough for Italy. And the only songs that we could hear on the radio was some American ones and English ones, but the lack of interest from international music was very big in 79. So we didn't, we also didn't feel that we got this great support. You recorded the song in English and in Spanish. 
So let's listen to those versions. Cuando un rayo de luna atraviesa la noche, me mira al pasar. Y un suspiro del viento se lleva la prisa, me deja la paz. After Eurovision, you left your band, Piero. Why? Like I said before, going, getting along in a group is not always uh, easy. And uh, not only with how to manage the group, but I also wanted to um, develop other musical talented that I had so, so I started to write songs and produce songs for big uh, international artists like Eros Ramazzotti, Anoxa, Mina and also the South American artist Sergio Dalma uh, Demis Rosos Come? Demis Rosos Milva <laughs> During this time, Piero, you composed one of my absolute favorite songs ever, Quando nasce un amore by Anna Oxa. Quando nasce un amore, non è mai troppo tardi, scende come un bagliore da una stella che guardi e ti stelle nel cuore. Ce ne sono miliardi, quando nasce un amore, un amore, ed è come un bambino. Ha bisogno di cure, devi stargli vicino, devi dargli calore, preparargli il cammino, il terreno migliore quando nasce un amore, un amore. Sì. I don't want to seem like a person that brags about my stuff. I always have to say thank you to the one who wrote the text to the song Quando nasce un amore. Many times when you have a great text for a song, then it's very difficult to find a great, uh, to compose the right music to it. Or if you have the right music, then it's very difficult to have the, to write the perfect text to match that music. But this, the text in this song is, existed first. And it was so perfect when I wrote, composed the, the, the song the to, this, to match the music, then uh, to ma- match the text. Then I, it only took me 20 minutes because right. the words were so perfect that it didn't give me any problem. It came by itself. If E ti senti capace, non ti puoi più fermare, come un fiume alla foce che si getta nel mare, quando nasce un amore, un amore. E l'universo che si spera, quante parole in una sola. 
1982, you took part again in the Sanima Festival, but this time as a solo act. The song was titled Non Arredenderti Mai. What was the audience got from you as a solo singer? And during several years, you composed and produced many songs for big artists in both Italy and other countries. You name dropped several of them here before. And during this time, Mattia Bassa got her biggest hit abroad with Ti Sento. Yes, that song was written by Aldo. Tenta, who uh, unfortunately died in 1998, Sergio Costo and Mauro Savione, who then was the new Mattia Bassar, but without Piero, because Piero had other things to do. None of you guys were in the band at this time, but please, what can you tell me about it? It's a great song. It was composed in 1985, but if you hear it today, it uh, could also be a great hit today because it's a song that will never die. Also, when we play it live today, people are tearing off their hair. And because they love the song so much and that's why we also have to say thank you to the uh, composers that they wrote this song. Yeah, and the song has been covered in Dutch, Swedish, English, Greek, Spanish and in so many different versions.
like all the great success. If you have a, a great song that makes success, then you also have great singers that will do a cover of yeah. the song. How did your trip with Mattia Bassa begin, Fabio? It started in 95 with Piero. Piero, after all, his uh, produced all these uh, success with Eros and the other artists. He was searching for a young artist to uh, put in the group. And uh, I was lucky enough to know him and take part of this. Uh, and then after the horrible loss in uh, 1998 of Aldo, they were searching for a new person to um, take part of the group. I still didn't know Giancarlo, but uh, De Piero presented me to him. And I had to do a period of test playing and singing. Uh, with the observation of Giancarlo and then he agreed and then since that day I have been part of this fantastic group that still make all the success. In 2000, Mattia Bassa participated again in the Sanremo Festival, this time with the song Brivido Caldo, that added H, and the year after you were back for revenge and competed with the song Questa Nostra Gran Storia d'Amore, that finished third, and you finally won the contest again the year after with the song Messaggio d'Amore. Three, it was three year, wonderful years that are still going uphill. Brivido Caldo deserved more success than it, uh, it had in the festival. But the year after, it was number one on all the hit list in uh, Italy. And obviously, in 2002, to win the festival of Sanremo was a lifelong dream to come true. Piero has, had already won the festival one time so before, so he was a veteran. But for me, it was an amazing feeling. I told love 12 times. <laughs> 12 times this far. Mattia Bassa has participated in the Sanremo Festival. How important is the competition? How important is the competition for the Italian music market? Sanremo Festival is very important, and nowadays it's watched not only in Italy but all over the world. And you, we can say it's natural to see Sanremo as going to the church and get married. <laughs> Especially in the 1980s, it was a big market to discover Italian artists all over the world, like Pausini, Zucchero, Bocelli. During the years, several members have come and gone. Are you still in contact with your former bandmates? When you are a group, then it's difficult to share and live together in the group, to share and live everything that happens in the group. Obviously, when you are leaving 
band, then you don't speak with the ex-members every day. It's actually like you are leaving your, if you leave uh, your girlfriend, you are not like call her every day to see how she is. Mattia Bassar is still active. Please tell me about your new material. We are working on songs since October last year. It's a restyling of the group. Uh, I actually feel like they are becoming, the songs are becoming like my children. Uh, there is many news coming our way. It's very important to always remember where you come from. And even though it's the new Mattia Bassar, we are still keeping the big vocal songs, uh, concepts and um, tunes that represents Mattia Bassar. Emil, I would love to have you to listen to Mattia Bassar, but live yeah. in Sweden, or you are welcome to come to Italy and see a concert of Mattia Bassar. Great, I come. That's a date. Actually, we want to come to Sweden. <laughs> okay, we have to arrange a show here then. Okay. What can we expect in the future? A great friendship that uh, we always had a great friendship that still is growing and we will keep on growing. It's the most important uh, thing uh, that goes beyond musical business. It's the friendship and uh, respect we have for each other. But when will we hear new music? In this fall, October, November, and we are actually almost done with it, but we think we can release it during the fall. Ah, looking forward. We play your latest single as El Tiempo. Thank you so much for this nice conversation, my gentlemen. Thank you so much, Emil. Emily. Maria. And thanks to you, our listeners out there in the world. Extra thanks to Jana Jansheva at JNK Productions, who arranged this interview and always, always is a joy to work with. I hope you enjoyed this chat with me and the pride of Italy, Mattia Bassar. And if you did, subscribe, like and write a review and tell everyone you know about Eurovision Legends. You find us on Facebook and Instagram and all information on the website eurovisionlegends.se. Guys, grazie. We keep in touch. Grazie. Grazie, Emily. Grazie, Maria. Grazie. <laughs> grazie. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Diversa per noi
Stasera la nostra canzone sarà Che sera per sera la nostra canzone 